attention Crossroom shoppers. The store is now closed. If you were unable to make your final purchases and grab a Crossrip, Deep Peaks, or hug a Reitman shirt, we've got you covered. Just drop us a direct message and a representative from our staff will be happy to accommodate your needs. Thank you for shopping the Paranormal Shop and have a nice afterlife. Alright, it's our turn to talk about that teaser trailer for Ghostbusters Frozen Empire. Hey everybody, welcome to the Crossroads. I'm Perry the Lead. You're listening to the podcast, but you already know that. It's in your feed and uh, whatever. Hey, this week on the show, Chris and I are going to be talking about the Ghostbusters Frozen Empire teaser trailer. We're going to be breaking it down, talking about our thoughts, impressions, uh, speculation, uh, factoring some of your voicemails from last week. Stay tuned. Still Playing With Toys presents The Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad, the biggest podcast since 1909. So free. News, interviews, and commentary on everything Ghostbusters. Are you the keymaster? Here are your hosts, Troy Benjamin and Chris Stewart. <laughs> Weird name. Gotta make the best of that. You know, it's just occurred to me we really haven't had a completely successful test of this equipment. There was a couple of them, like, right across the street from one another. It's where I saw, like, you know, uh, Batman and Robin and Toy Story and all this stuff. It's really sad to drive around and go, and that's where my movie memory is. There's no theater there There's anymore, no theater but that's there. where my movie is. Yeah. Um, and we all sat down, and we watched it, and by it, it got to the ending, and as it's, you know, the ship started to land, I started going, oh, my God, it's the monkey. Oh, my God, it's the monkey. Oh my god, it's the monkey. And the thing lands and the door pops open and the monkey comes out. <laughs> and one of the other designers of the company was sitting next to me. You can hear a pin drop and he just goes, Oh, come on! <laughs> it was awesome. It was awesome. Oh, that's that's amazing. That's so good. On to other movies. On to other movies. There any I, other stuff you want to talk about before we dive in? Because I feel like this is going to dominate. I yeah, this is going to dominate. I, I feel like we're going to need the full hour to talk about the teaser. Um, we're also we'll have to do a little housekeeping yeah. at the beginning to figure out how we want to talk about it. Yeah. Well, okay. Let's stick a pin in it. We'll come because there's lots of cool stuff. Like you posted today, those guys doing the fan mods for the. The Ecto. The Mike Lane mods. The You got the, the Spirits Unleashed for the Switch. Which I got the Switch up and running, and that's going to be... Uh, I just I watched the opening an, uh, animatic on that, yeah, which is great. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> and there's a bunch of people who's like, yeah, like it's kind of slow. I'm like, yeah. It's, it's, uh, well, I mean, this household has a Switch and a Switch Lite. And in either case, they're like, yeah, sometimes it's a little laggy and all that when you try to move fast. And I'm like... No, 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 no. I have the PC and the Xbox when I want to do, like, the co-op gaming and everything needs to run smooth. I'm setting this one to dum-dum, and I'm just going to play through the story. <laughs> yeah. Like, it doesn't have to run fast, right? Like, um, what else? Uh, uh, a lot of uh, fan pages uh, woke up to chaos with uh, the algorithm shutting them down on Facebook, on Facebook. but that got sorted. Oh, that's good. Um, okay. And, the, and uh, Jason, uh, Ghostbusters News, you can go read it there. Actually, we'll talk about it, I'm sure. But he, if you want to read it now, go to Jason's thing. And uh, I guess it impacted enough uh, groups, including himself and a bunch of franchises and all that, uh, that he uh, and a few others reached out to Ghost Core to try to get help getting hold of Meta because of Meta is just completely. Uh, 
are you distressed? Click, you click yes, and they're like, aw, and then that's it. Like, there's, there's nothing. <laughs> wah, wah, it was wah, wah. sad trombone there, yeah. Got it sorted, uh, and apparently part of it now, Meta has made some changes that if you mark your page, this is a fan page, then the algorithm will go kind of go, woo, oh, kind of interesting. slide past it. It won't treat it as copyright infringement. Um, okay. Lots of things. So many things. Uh, costumes. Stuff related to this trailer, like right. in the wake of it, uh, but aren't specifically about the trailer, but are kind of about the trailer, but not about the trailer, but are about the trailer. Um, and I feel like that'll kind of naturally come up in our discussion. That's true. About we'll talk the, about the that teaser one too. So yeah. So, so, so let's, let's just do it. Yeah. Let's, let's talk teaser, and then and then next week because we'll, we'll 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 do another episode next week sure. where we can talk about all of the things that we just mentioned uh, a little yeah. more in depth. Um, yeah. Let's do that. But yeah, so because this everybody's tuning in, they're like, we want to hear the teaser uh, yeah. reaction. I just want people to know that you know we're still paying attention. We know other stuff's going on. We know it's not we like know. we're we'll get to it. Sticking our heads in the sand, but but uh, mostly we want to talk about this trailer. Yes, all right, nonstop. So how how do you want to do this? Like I was thinking maybe if we do it chronologically, like we're not going to do a trailer breakdown and talk about what happens in the trailer because everybody has seen it at this point. I just want you and I to talk about things. I've, feel like though that if you and I step through it we don't necessarily have to do it chronologically because people have it you're right but it's a good way to just sort of organize the discussion uh, yeah. does that and, make any sense to jog so, our memories of things that we wanted to talk to each other yeah. about and, and things I, like that I got it so. I got it I got the YouTube HD yeah. sitting up there waiting for me I didn't I apparently there's a Super HD copy out there, but I haven't Ooh. got my hands on it yet. I would love the Super HD. Yeah, me too. Bef- before we go into talking about the teaser itself, yeah. I feel like we need to talk about the title itself because that that yeah. was another. Well, like we got the teaser, and then we also got this amazing uh, drop of like, here's the title too. Uh, I, I thought I they thought were. Quite- I'd, yeah. I thought I'd have at least a week or two more of just making fun of the subtitle. And not because <laughs> I hate the subtitle. It's just I like making fun of subtitles. And it's not that I even hate subtitles. I just Subtitles like are so hard. And I, I wrote about it yeah. on the HQ. Like, it, it's it, – you you can't win. Like, no matter what you come up with, it's like yeah. somebody will like it, somebody will not like it. It's, mm-hmm. it's a baby name. Like, that's why you don't tell – uh, anybody in your family, what the baby's going to be named until the baby is born, because they will say, they "Oh, I hate an that," opinion. and then it, you'll you'll stew on it and you'll you'll think about it. But um, I had read recently, and this may have come out of this trailer, or maybe it was just coincidence, but it was in relation to the Marvel movies, which have a lot of subtitles. And the explanation was was the the, the studio thinking was we're going to put out a bunch of movies, and if we put numbers after them. Uh, sooner or later, a chunk of the audience will go, I didn't see the last number, so I don't want to go see this right. number. And right. then they just don't go to the theater. So, And I'm thinking that we might be kind of living that. And actually, this does relate to it a little bit, was I did notice that like the day or two after I posted about this, uh, Apple iTunes store in the top 50 movie purchase slash rentals or whatever they're they're counting what's the usual there's mission impossible there's barbie there's all that and then it was like 29 was like ghostbusters 2 and 45 was like afterlife um which kind of 
buys into that 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 theory about the the subtitles because a lot of people went oh yeah i saw ghostbusters yeah i loved it i haven't seen the second or the last one sort of thing and then rushed out to go get it right so and there's still that weird sort of subsection of people that don't even know that there was a ghostbusters 2 right like there there was an afterlife it's very what, strange what is afterlife <laughs> yeah yeah so subtitles we live in a world where and i'm okay with it too like as a book lover i kind of like subtitles book series has never called them like you know it wasn't harry potter 2 harry it was potter harry potter's two. subtitle right so well actually what's that mark boland movies or books or whatever the action guy his were all numbered but you know whatever he well was yeah but that's the, I, that's different but but and and the other <laughs> thing too is when one once you put a subtitle on a film that's when you have the marketing people get involved and they want to yep. it's it, for the some some people hate uh, blu-ray cover art yes and and everybody's like why does the art look like that or why is it the bright green color why is it a bright blue color or whatever yeah well pass there's a, a lot of people that don't even like the you know the the two fingers up in Ghostbusters too. So try, trying to keep to that motif was I, never going to work. No, so. but it's all it's it's part of the marketing machine, and and so yeah. you have to imagine too that the subtitle had some sort of marketing influence in it. Where it's like Frozen Empire immediately evokes like oh uh, uh, something sh- strong, something strength. We associate Empire yeah. with bad. Uh, Frozen immediately gives me visuals. So it's you know I, I think I, I, for the people that are like oh it sounds cheeseball, it sounds generic, it sounds whatever. <laughs> it, it's just the title. You'd never judge a book by its cover for one. All um, subtitles to a degree. It, all subtitles to a degree are sort of like every once in a while you like you look at a word and it looks funny all subtitles sound kind of cheesy and generic if you like listen the right way because yeah. they're 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 kind of there to just sort of inoffensively fit in with whatever the book is and actually in this case i think i liked it uh the more i watched the trailer the more i'm like the subtitle works because we're watching it, and one part of our brain goes, frozen. I know what that's about. I'm looking right at it. And then your the rest of your brain goes, yeah, what's the Empire part, though? And it's like, stay tuned. Well, and, and it's also a play on the Empire State. So it's, you know, New yeah. York being frozen and, and things like that. So And, and, and I, I've seen the GB fans threads where it's like, well, they could have done a bigger pun, a better a better play on words. Uh, it, and, and I think, again... The play on words is clever and unique, and we all would be tickled by yeah, it. But it doesn't. They, it they doesn't suck sell after a while. the movie. No. Yeah, um, and they wear out. Like it's it's like it's it's like a kid that learns the knock knock joke. It's cute and hilarious the first couple of times, and then they keep going knock knock at you, and you're like, okay, uh, we're God. done now. Yeah, but but and so. even look back at. Uh, my favorite Star Wars film, The Empire Strikes Back. Like we we all that's ingrained in our DNA. We know and we love that film. It is a cheesy, horrible title. Indiana Jones <laughs> and the Temple of Doom is a terrible, cheesy title. Um, but it, it's it, once you've kind of lived with it and you, it, it becomes a part of what you've watched and you've you've lived with it. It, it will grow on you. So don't dwell <laughs> if you don't like the title. Don't dwell yeah. on it that much. Here, a small unrelated aside about subtitles. I worked on a game, a Disney game, uh, uh, based on the Treasure Planet movie. And we, based on a line in the movie, uh, the lead designer created, uh, you know, this third faction. So you could, you know, actually make a game out of it. Yeah. <laughs> fight your ships and all that. And they were the Procyons. 
because it was mentioned in the movie. Or I've, you know, uh, what's her name? Amelia, the Captain Amelia, whatever, uh, uh, fought in the Procyon Wars. And, and so we were like, okay, we'll never see a Procyon. Don't know what their ships look like. But we ran with it. And Disney marketing, uh, we had no say in the name. Disney marketing or Disney interactive marketing. <laughs> so at the whole thing, we're like... Here's the pirates, and here's the empire, and here's these mystery ships. Who are the mystery ships? <laughs> they named the stupid thing Treasure Planet Battle at Procyon. I was like, well, guess. Uh, <laughs> guess who the mystery ships are? JK. Um, yeah. JK. Anyways, I just like getting that off my chest. That's. I, I'm glad you did. Uh, um, subtitles don't subtitles. always work in your favor. But, yeah, it's... um. It's interesting going into fall. I kind of wonder what would have happened if this, if things hadn't been put on hold, because this, we would have been seeing this kind of in the heat of summer rather than it's all over now. Right. And I think, but, you know, at the same time, the cold felt a lot more, <laughs> if that makes any sense. So, yeah. And, and I, the thing that I love about it too is it doesn't set up like a Batman forever Batman. It, 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 it's right. very specific. And so the next film could be something very specific toward whatever the threat is or whatever the situation is or whatever the, the scenario is. And that's, that has to be also very freeing for the storytellers to come yeah. in and say, this doesn't have to be. Ghostbusters apocalypse bigger than the last one. You know, it can be something yeah. that's very specific and 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 kind of real Ghostbusters like, which we know uh Kumail Nanjiani had that that tweet that he by the way, it is so great now that the actors can be talking about the films that they're in. It is just the weirdest <laughs> thing that they were not able to self-promote their own films. But yeah. so and perfect timing by the way for for Ghostbusters. Yeah. I I think Patton Oswald had to wait like seven hours it was they had to <laughs> wait post, until midnight he posted the... he posted and then he pulled it down and then yeah by midnight that same day he got to put it back i love <laughs> so. our our friends at yes have some kind of put it well and and they've said it a couple of times in their their ghostbusters radio live show which is awesome you should go back and check it out and also the round table that they did with john yurkaba um and uh and crew uh they said this is going to start a new trend where the the trailer comes out and it gets the big media blast. And then the next day, that's when all of the actors and everybody uh, aggregates it and, and repopulates it because there was a second full day of that's when Dan Aykroyd yeah. and Patton Oswalt and Kumail and, and McKenna and everybody, they were able to yeah. talk about it and post it. And um, it was kind of. It, it helps toward the longevity of things, especially when everything is so disposable right now where it's like in one ear and out the other and you're done with it. Um, yeah. it, it really, it kind of like, it helped the, the teaser be a bigger thing, which I, I like quite a bit. So, uh, it had, a, it had a, I think this was the, I don't even think afterlife kind of landed with this level of impact, to be honest. Like there was something different about when this one landed, and like like you say, there's a lot of different things that people can debate about, like the effect of the 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 stars having to hold off, and that you know all that sort of. But it just you know whether it was just because all of the outlets that got their hands on it to post it, um, just timed it right. Like just it was it was the the lead up like the the little teaser image that something was coming may have primed people no idea but yeah. 
like I say, all these weird little side things, like suddenly Afterlife and Ghostbusters 2 are, and not Ghostbusters 1, like that happens in weird times, like at Christmas, or not Christmas, but Halloween time and stuff like that. Ghostbusters shows up in the charts. Ghostbusters 2 and Afterlife recharted? Yeah. Like, how does that work? But that's, um, and that's awesome. I love that people are rediscovering the films yeah. that way, where it's like, oh, the teaser came out, and oh, I never saw the last one, or I haven't watched it recently, or whatever. But but the the point being though that this one trailer was basically on everybody's mind. Yeah, made a pretty like big splash. Everybody's, which not is just, great. Not too. just the fans, not just the casual fans, not just the genre fans, or whatever. Everybody yeah. was in on Everybody this. Everybody was one. talking about it. And and it happened at sort of a slow news point, at least a, yep. s- a sort of new, slow news point in the entertainment industry because that's when the SAG strike this that night is when the SAG strike was ended as well, so it kind of that took over. But uh Yeah. But well, let's let's dive into it, Chris. Let's talk about sure. the teaser trailer itself. Uh, maybe let's start with just a surface level, uh, 50,000 foot view of what <laughs> okay. we thought of the teaser. Uh, first impressions when you, when you finished watching that teaser, how did you feel? What was going through your mind? What, what was the thought process that you had? Cause I, I'm curious to compare our notes on, on that particular front. Um, Oh, that's a very interesting way to phrase it. Um, do you want me to go hmm. first? I can go first. Yeah, maybe. So, so my first thought when the when the teaser ends, aside from all of the imagery and all of the cool things that I'm like, holy shit, that's awesome. I, my first thought was, I wish I would have seen this in a theater without knowing that a Ghostbusters trailer was coming. Because the way that the trailer is set up, Interesting. it has Interesting. this really great hard right turn Um, where you're like, what am I watching? What is this, this summer teen thing that kind of has the amazing golden hour look to it and, and uh, cruel summer is blasting and it, uh, it, and then it turns into this like disaster film where all of a sudden you've got the, the ice, uh, spikes coming up from the ground and, and, and it becomes this cataclysmic disaster thing. And then there's that one shot that everybody loves and I love too of the the firehouse being frozen and you get that do-do-do, the little Elmer Bernstein yeah. sting. And and think about like, and I know like going all the way back to the 80s, like when I didn't know Batman Returns was coming and I saw the, the snowy Batman Returns logo and I was like, what? No, my God. And it yeah. blew my mind. But more recently when we went to the theater, I think for Spider-Man, for, for Across the Spider-Verse, there was the the trailer for the Meg 2, and I had no idea that there was a second Meg movie to begin with. And it was another one of those great, like, it sets everything up and everything is peachy and lovely. And, and then all of a sudden, this creature comes out and, and eats the people. And you're like, whoa, that's amazing. I wish that I didn't know that it was a Ghostbusters trailer. It was the weirdest thing. Like, the fact that I clicked yeah. on the YouTube link and I knew that I was watching a Ghostbusters trailer. And I, I think that affected the 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 way that I experienced the trailer versus the way that the trailer was creatively created, if that makes sense. Yeah. Which, hmm. I guess on the plus side, it means it's going to impact a lot of people in the theaters the way you wish it had impacted you because they weren't watching the clock on the morning it was coming out and all that sort yeah. of thing. And, and they weren't rushing to see it. They weren't even aware that it was out there. They're, you know, they don't 
they're not online digging into all the Ghostbusters news. So a lot of the straights, so to speak, are going to go to the theaters and they're going to get hit in the head with this thing the same way you were wishing you yeah. had. Uh, for me, it was slightly different. Um, I didn't have that same wish. What my immediate interest was is I, again, like, because we didn't know when it was going to land. And sometimes in the past, the, it leans more towards the East Coast time rather than West Coast and all this. I was up at like five <laughs> and just starting to like, <laughs> like, yeah, like I literally catnapped in like 55 minute increments starting at five in the morning until the, the thing finally dropped. And I watched it on my phone and I was like, this is really cool. You know, the Twitter goes nuts. My messages start going nuts and I, I dig through them for a little bit. But my first reaction was, I wanted to get downstairs and cast it up on the big screen to watch it with Thomas because Thomas you watched it on your phone too. Cause I watched it on my phone also. That was the other thing. Yeah. I was like, Oh, I shouldn't be watching this on my phone. Yeah. No, uh, I wanted to see it on the big screen and I wanted to watch it with Thomas because he still regards going to see afterlife, uh, like the early, the, the preview screenings that they did in various cities and all that. We did the one here in Vancouver and all the Ghostbuster, you know, uh, Ghostbusters British Columbia were there and all that sort of thing. So he has this real strong memory of going to see that. So I was like, well, there's another one coming. And I hadn't been talking to him about it. Like, he didn't know there was another one coming. I was like, yeah. I got something to show you. And he's like, what? And I, I played it. And then when it gets to the Ghostbusters bit, bah! So I guess it's kind of related to yours in that I kind of wanted to see him react to it, if that makes any sense. I like we, um, we had the same gut instinct because that's so I uh, for for various circumstances, I was at home in Colorado for the for the weekend. Uh, and that that trailer came up uh, as we were about to travel back to Los Angeles. And so I was sitting outside where it was 30 degrees on the Wednesday that we just happened to be getting a trailer. Um, so it was cold outside and I watched it on my phone sitting uh, on the tailgate of the car. Not the uh, best place to be watching <laughs> no. a trailer. Um, but I, I had the same thing. I was like, I want to show this to my daughter, but I don't want to do it on my phone. I want to wait till we get home. Yeah. And I queued it up on the big screen and I didn't tell her what she was. I was like, I want to show you something. And and again, because, yeah, she, uh, for, for all the times that you hear that uh, executives and people say, well, my kids thought that this was a good or the, the joke about George Lucas. Well, my kids wanted to see this. Um I wanted to see how my kids reacted to yeah. it because I, that's kind of my litmus test. Like if, if they react favorably or excitedly, you know, then I know it will be something that will have a, a wider appeal than us people who are uh, podcasting about Ghostbusters or listening to a Ghostbusters podcast. And uh, so when we got back to LA, when I did that, didn't tell her, queued it up, started playing it. Uh, it got to the firehouse and I could see her kind of visibly confused and then you hear the engine turn for the Ecto-1 and it peels out and does that J turn in the middle of the street. Yeah. And and she she jumped. It was it <laughs> was so cool to watch because she was like, wait, what? Like you could see the the thought process and everything sort of like kick into, into high gear. So so she yeah, she did get that experience of how the trailer was manufactured to 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 play. But, but it, it was contingent upon the fact of not knowing that you were watching a Ghostbusters trailer to build yes. up to that that hard turn. So, um, I, and it just, it's the way that people consume stuff now. Like we knew that a trailer was coming. 
the day before. So we knew to be waiting. Like you said, you were up refreshing and waiting for it. And as soon as it was posted, then you knew you were watching the Ghostbusters trailer. So it was a different experience for us. But yeah, for the for the straights, for the people that are going to see the summer films, I don't like, I think Trolls is the big movie that comes out this week. So people going yeah. to see Trolls, it's going to be families and 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 uh, parties and, and all sorts of people that are going to see this kid's movie. And then hopefully Ghostbusters is attached to that and they get excited for it. So, um, so, so on one hand, I really enjoyed the fact that I was at home where my love for Ghostbusters started and I was sitting looking at my treehouse, which was the placeholder for my firehouse that I always thought I was going to be living in and uh, all the stuff that you pretend as a kid. So it made sense that I watched the trailer there and, and got to experience it that way. But, uh, but yeah, it's a good trailer too, by the way. Yeah. Like it's, I, I want to find out what, what vendor uh, and what editor cut the trailer. And sometimes it's, it's a combination of multiple uh, trailer houses, but just because it it's so well, thought out and put together and and, yeah, no, and it, it works flows really well. beautifully yeah so uh, and it also reveals um just how much filming they did in new york like we just thought it was some fire hall and some car stuff and it turns out they're all over coney island they're all over chinatown although that could be stock footage i guess but i think they did they did um, film like that a lot of that was the second unit stuff that was happening yeah um uh, because we we were privy to like you know the posted notices would go up and and everybody was like I think this is Ghostbusters and sure enough it was Ghostbusters but well I was ignoring all that so uh, you may have seen more than I did but also <clears throat> it really puts New York front and center like oh, yeah. the first image you see is Libby you know it's like there's yeah. there's Lady Liberty's crown uh, so it's like we're back in New York City. We're seeing the Wonder Wheel and we're seeing Coney Island. We're seeing yeah. uh, New York taxi cabs. Not as iconic looking as they used to be. I'm just going to no. say that. Like, I wish that uh, New York cabs still looked the way that they used to. Um, but, you, yeah, you're getting that iconic New York imagery, even though they filmed across the pond. It, it, it very much looks and feels like a, a New York film. So that's, that's very cool. Yep. Um, but also worth mentioning just the look of everything. Eric Stielberg is back as the cinematographer and my God, it's everything is beautiful. Like all of that stuff at the beginning during the cruel summer uh, montage where we're, we're talking about, it's going to be a hundred degrees and it's going to be a scorcher out there. It is so beautiful and it's so uh, Americana. It's got the, like the golden, the orange golden hour look to yep. it. So you're you're thinking you're watching a summer movie, a summer teen movie about kids being at the beach uh, during a, a heat wave, and and then the turn happens, and stuff gets really spooky. Stuff gets the the shadows are pumped up to eleven. Um, there's a lot of really great kind of abstract stuff in there that we'll I'm sure we'll talk about in in a second or two. But uh, the the look of it is great. The music is very. Um, I don't want to say it's very uh, – it, it mirrors exactly what happened in the, the Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer, if you recall. Like it had uh -huh. that same little Elmer Bernstein sting. It had that same epic sort of build of the uh, uh, theremin, like the the, the synthesized Ondis Martinot kind of thing. Um, but no Ray Parker Jr. song. Like you don't hear that like theme song kick in yet. Um so it, it, it all worked really well for me, I guess is what I'm saying. 
I liked it. Yeah. It was a good trailer. No, it worked great. Um, let's let's step through it, Chris. Sure. I think that's going to be the best way to kind of I've already it, so. started. You, I was just letting you finish. Your I just talk, 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 talk. So the, the first things we see, like I said, we've got the, the Liberty Crown, uh, the New York Americana, the kids playing in the fire hydrant because it's super hot outside, uh, the Wonder Wheel, all the people at the beach. The the very Jaws like uh, couple that is very deliberate. I was waiting for that uh, the Roy Schneider uh, dolly shot that Spielberg yeah. loves to do. Like <laughs> I was, was just, I was Jaws. waiting for that parallax effect to happen. It was um, such a, a Jaws. Uh, get out of the gr- water! Get out yeah. of the water! Little girl uh, building her sandcastles and all that. Yeah, yeah, and and even some people have pointed out that like the 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 swimwear, the swim attire that the woman in the beach hat is wearing is uh, uh, very like you could one to one it to Jaws. Um, <laughs> so, but again, like a good summer movie that does that, like you feel like you're a part of the summer, and then it's it's not what we think. Everything turns, everything changes. Uh, hmm. big, uh, very Ghostbusters like vortex, dark cloud, uh, comes in, uh, from the sea and then the danger begins. Like that's kind of like where the turn begins and we start to see the disaster and we see the people running for their lives. Um, so, so far this could be any movie. This, this is not a Ghostbusters film. This could be the day after tomorrow too. This could be uh, li- literally anything. Like we've got that anything. kind of like generic big summer blockbuster feel. Well, and actually a uh, horror movie summer blockbuster. Like there was, you know, like like you were, I don't know, watching like a Final Destination trailer or something like that. Yes. Right? Like it went from yay, fun to ooh, menacing a hundred percent. It's it, like the the, yeah. the people are having too much fun. There's got to be something dangerous that's going to come in and hurt yeah, them. Yeah, it's uh, you know, and then the freezing and the ice, and then it's a little bit more disaster movie, uh, disaster move year movie year. Like that yeah, disaster That's a tough. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I went. Thanks, brain, <laughs> setting me up for uh, failure since 1973. Since. Um, yeah, and literally, it's the 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 shot of the fire hall and the Elmer Bernstein thing where, and the it, 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 the Elmer Bernstein thing is just sort of like a cheeky fooled you, like his yeah. Like you're watching, you're like, what am I watching? Wait and a like, minute, Ghostbusters. And you're like, oh man, okay. And, and the kind of brilliant thing about this teaser, I mean, it, because it is a teaser, it's not going to reveal too much. It's not going to give you too much. It's going to make you hopefully leave you uh, asking a lot of questions uh, because uh-huh. that's a good teaser does that because you need to go see the movie to have those questions answered, right? So that Ghostbusters firehouse uh, shot doesn't appear until the midway point of the teaser. Is it- it, yeah, the 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 cruel summer sequence is just short of half the movie. Yeah, and 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 that's fine because you know I, I'm thinking of well, Actually, you know, you know the, what I, I I queued it up on the thing here. It literally goes dark at at one minute. It's the fire hall, and it just goes to one minute one second. Yeah, is when it goes black before we see the. So yeah, it's. And so one minute, four seconds left. Four seconds is the titles and all that. Yeah. Like they literally built half the trailer. Half the trailer is just this sort of like buildup of, of, of here's the world as you know it. And it's all going to go to hell. Um, so I, again, with the, with a teaser trailer, sometimes you can get so very little 
like there's there's a good chance that there was a version of V1 somewhere in in the Avid that this is yeah. where the teaser ended. Like all everything goes to hell. The ice is coming out. The yeah. Wonder Wheel freezes. Uh, the street freezes. You see the Ghostbusters firehouse. And then it says March 2024. Like they, they could have ended it right there. And it would have been like a what the hell? Like that could have been the teaser of the teaser of the teaser. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, the delay in things, it may have been set up that there was an early teaser that was just that. And then as things got delayed, they were like, we're going to attack on a little bit more. Yeah. And, uh, and especially since, yeah, more thing, more shots got finished and all this sort of thing. Yeah. So, so that, so yeah, that shot of, of the, f- the frozen Ghostbusters firehouse, I know everybody has reacted very strongly toward it because it, it shows the imminent threat. It shows the Ghostbusters are completely surrounded uh, on all sides uh, and it, it it's claustrophobic. It's it's threatening. It's ominous, and it's also something we have never seen before. Like that is, for all of the criticisms that Afterlife had against, and we had a voicemail uh, caller last week say that there were mm-hmm. a lot of member berries. Like, hey, remember Gozer? Hey, remember the Temple of Zul? Hey, remember the Keymaster and the Gatekeeper? Hey, remember? Like, there were all of those very purposeful seeds that were planted in afterlife to help kind of jog your memory and also help help usher in a new generation of people to enjoy ghostbusters yeah this sort of like it, it, I, I, this is the cliche but this this ain't your grandma's ghostbusters like this is now something no. you've never seen you've never seen the frozen fire hall um and it and it looks awesome it looks like a painting it looks like like if there was a concept painting i bet it looked just like that and the vfx artist was like I got this and and did exactly that. Yeah. Um, so the next thing we see and hear is the Ecto, the engine turns, car peels out. We see it like flip this U-turn at full speed. Yeah. Uh, car looks a lot different now. Uh, much it, cleaner. Much cleaner. Uh, it is still supercharged. It is still, uh, it is not the lumbering backfiring, uh, rust bucket that it was in Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters two. Yeah. This is the, the gearheads version of, of the Ecto one. And, and to me, it makes sense. I know that I've seen some discourse of the slow lumbering Ecto one is what we are used to. That's what I want to see which doesn't make from a story perspective doesn't make no. any sense to me at all because you had Ray who was a gearhead you had Winston who very clearly in afterlife loved that car and hated to see it in such a state of disrepair yeah uh, so the two of them were probably tinkering with the damn thing for 30 years uh, out of their love for the car out of their uh, their yeah. nostalgia um, so the version it's, that was in the barn is not yeah. the version that you saw in 84 and 89. And it is a big car with a a big like engine bay. Like you can <laughs> like at its at its peak, you know, the best you could have put in at the time these things were manufactured would put out a lot of power. I don't I don't think the ambulance necessarily automatically came with the best of the best of the best sort of thing, but I mean this is a Cadillac. It, they they had and massive massive yeah. Cadillac engines. And you know, here we I, I yeah, it's, and who wants to, you know, we've had 
well, three movies now where it just sort of plods a bit. Like, uh, and the last one yeah. actually didn't even plot all that much. They did some amazing. It's just kind of old and beat it up. It's time for the shiny and run some red lights. I got to ask you though that U turn, uh, that feels like uh, I forget the the name of the the stunt car that the effects can you can literally drive the car. It's too long of a body though. It feels like it's an effect shot car at least. The whip around, the tail whip portion. I would say it might be a, a combination of things. The, yeah. So the car that they 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 created, the two cars for, for Afterlife, and they threw the Corvette engines into both of them. Um, and I will say both cars are capable of that move. <laughs> like the, what they? you see yeah. in that shot is is totally uh, something maybe that then, is, yeah. is, is maybe, possible. Maybe this is just an artifact of what we're talking about is that we've got the new, more powerful Ecto, and I'm just not used to being able to see it whip around like that. There was a bit where the, the tail end flips around, and it feels to me like um, it's the transfer point between the CGI and then to the real car that drives off down the road. And again, that's just movie nerd me sort of thing and and it's quite possible that it is a combination of you know it's the iron man suit where it's like yeah it's practical to this point and then it becomes the cg uh, digital double but that's yeah. that speaks highly of the the vfx artists that are pouring their heart and souls in into this because you don't see that seam if that is the case i know the the one no, shot yeah. that everybody calls out in afterlife where the after the drifting in the in the wheat field and Ecto does the Griswold family truckster uh, jump, <laughs> um, which we know for a fact they they jumped a pickup truck, and that's what they shot as the reference, uh, and and then put the digital Ecto in because you you can't it's too, way too heavy you can't yeah. jump that car no 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 um, and 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 so people are like well that the front end would be all dented in and completely collapsed in and like that did, number one it's a movie. Uh, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're chasing a ghost named Muncher that eats metal later. So like, all right, let's temper your expectations of the reality of things. But, you know, sometimes, yeah, you gotta, you do things for effect. You do things for the drama. You do things for the humor of yeah. it. Uh, the Griswold family truckster being point in case. God, how many station wagons did they wreck filming those vacation films? Yeah. Uh, but it's for the laugh. It's for the fun. Uh, so, um, so yeah, I, I don't know. Um, and hopefully at some point we will get a great uh, behind-the-scenes uh, video or two or three or four of yeah. what exactly was done. We know that they were filming that Ecto through New York for like a week, week and a half at least. Uh, so they, they got a lot of really great footage of that, but yeah, it could, could be a digital, but it, it, it looks me. good. And it's just, it's so much fun to like see that Ecto screaming around and it's like, okay, I get it. My heroes are on the way. So, somebody like everything is going to hell. Now, the one thing that people point out and I noticed immediately too, is like, we just went through all this rigmarole of everything being frozen and then the ecto is peeling out and everything is dry, so this might be a different uh, a point in time of, yeah. of the the whole uh, events of the film. But I'm sure you'll see the ecto screaming around in the crazy frozen wasteland too. They just didn't want to, you know, reveal that to us quite yet. No. Um, so past that point, mm-hmm. anything else about the ecto before we move on? No. Okay. No. I, I the one thing I will point out is that. Um, and not to spoil things on people who haven't been paying attention and all that. Um, we don't see the, how do I do this? 
Um, it was unfortunate that we got to see some shots of it shooting in New York because it revealed some of the aesthetic changes. Right. To the car, if that we makes don't, sense. We don't the see trailer, those particular things. Yeah. You cannot see that in this trailer shot, which which is is great. So, um, I will say though that there have been a few. There have been a few things that have come out through official channels now where you have seen things that you do not see in the teaser. And I know how yeah. how deliberate they are about things. So I think it's okay that once you've seen – like they, they sent a bunch of influencers there for the Rise of the Ghost Lord VR. Right. Yeah. And and so that's that's where everybody that's on GB fans that's redoing their packs to look like the, the Frozen Empire packs – they're pulling the reference from that because it's great F-16 sunny day footage yeah. of the packs and of all the changes and all of the things that you, you need to now update your pack with or create a, a new pack with. Um, so, so the Ecto stuff that we saw from the leaked video and all of that stuff. Yes. I, I a hundred percent like I, I, what, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't see any of that. Yeah. Um, but then they did but, put that in that video, that Ghostbusters Day video, which is fine. I think I think more what I what I'm thinking though is that much the same way that people who aren't us <laughs> and either actively or passively trip into this stuff are gonna run into the the trailer and be you know uh, gobsmacked by it. Um, they they could have just shrugged and said, yeah, we should. Yeah, people know. No, pe- most people don't know. Yeah, or, us or, nerds know. The average person now will go to the theater, and they're again going to get the yeah. a surprise, and it'll and be it, awesome. It looks like the Ectomobile that that the the casual person who knows vaguely of Ghostbusters knows and understands yeah. too. Like you don't exactly. see a souped up. It's not like the Ecto One A where it's completely different, and there's all the stuff on the roof rack, or it's it's not a new version of the Ecto. Um, which, you know, a hat tip to Paul Feig and the, the, the creative team on answer the call where it was not the Ecto that we were familiar with, but once you saw it in the trailer and you saw it in the film, you understood that is the Ectomobile and it made, it made sense. So, um, so yeah, I, I, the, the aesthetic changes to the car are not quite visible here. I'm sure they will be on full display elsewhere later down the road, probably before the movie comes out would be my guess. But, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, uh, so, so next shot. So, uh, our first title card comes up and says this spring, which is great. We've got, uh, we've got a release date in March. We know that this movie is coming out in the spring. Um, Quick shot to remind us that it's in New York. Quick shot again, don't another understand. New York image. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but the the shot right after that is our first glimpse of McKenna Grace as Phoebe, yep, in her Ghostbusters uniform, wearing a pack by a fire pole. So it's we are we're a hundred percent. This now we're in a Ghostbusters movie. You know, if the first yep. minute of this teaser was like it could be anything. Uh, the one cynical review I saw of it was like, it looks like a disa- it looks like any disaster movie. It was like, well, you only watch the first half because after that half, it is a Ghostbusters movie through and through. Oh yeah. Um, cool. So so number one, it was good to see Phoebe and Podcast and Trevor and Lucky. Uh, it was good to see those returning characters uh, in in this teaser. So we now have confirmation that those characters are coming back. Uh, number two, it was very jarring to me at first to think of how much they have aged <laughs> since the two films. 
They, yeah. I, all the again, I had a uh, an Instagram comment that was like, I can't believe this isn't Goonies. This isn't Super Eight. Why are there kids in a Ghostbusters movie? They're not kids anymore. They do not look like kids. Like Phoebe no. looks like a yep. a young adult Egon Spangler. No, no, no. Point of order, not point of order. What's the word I'm looking for? Your Honor, I don't know. Uh, uh, <laughs> objection. We we talked about this. Uh, you and I specifically spoke to this point when we were discussing the pros and cons of the um, the delay in the first in Afterlife. Right. In that, by the time that movie was delayed and came out, and the kids had continued to age. And, you know, kids grow fast. And then um, time to film a new one. By the time we got to, a you know, a fourth uh, movie, fifth movie, depending on how you want to count it. Yeah, it's exactly where we're at. Like, because it was kind of like, oh, and what, the kids are going to become full goat? Yeah, because they will, the youngest of them will be in their, like, yeah. Uh, mid to high teens. I think did it right, like, just turn seventeen, eighteen? I I can't right. remember. So and and Finn Wolfhard is like twenty now. Like right, even, they're right. What do you so do? yeah, they're they're young, but it's not like it's kids per se. Yeah, it's it's not like the kids from Afterlife, and they were much more kids back then. I mean, even um, even um, uh, Logan, right? It's you know went from. <laughs> whatever junior high to high school oh man <laughs> L- logan like podcast as my voice cracks point in case there <laughs> uh, logan in afterlife it is so funny because you can tell the shots and the scenes that were reshoots or pickup shoots <laughs> because he's the one who like sprouted like a beanpole in the middle of production and yeah. so you know that whole scene where they're around the model and he's wearing uh the, you know the colander he he looks like ten years older, and his voice is sort of like this, you know. <laughs> so so same thing. We, but it's 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 perfect. It means uh, totally fine. And and credit to you. people's fear people's fears that they were gonna look too young or whatever. No, it's no. Fine. Sorry, credit to. Well, I was gonna say cre- credit to you because I do recall that when you were saying when we were doing our point counterpoint to having kids in Ghostbusters Afterlife, you were like, they're not they're kids in this one. They're not going to be kids in the next one. Like this yeah. is setting up. The future of of where this is, and and yeah, I think I, I I remember us talking about it because people were so why can't they just put a blah 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 blah, and the big silver lining as I saw it was if this movie had finished and come out on time, and then they moved on to the next one, we would have been there with that problem, right? They still would have been, you know, younger kids, like well, yeah. slightly older kids, but still pretty young. But here we are. Like Phoebe and Podcast are the youngest of the of the of the team and they feel at worst high school summer intern age, right? At, like, at worst. Yeah, but but it also makes sense for them too that like you know, maybe maybe they are just like uh, in between high school uh, classes uh, working for the Ghostbusters or something, or even grad. Yeah. I mean, in Trevor's case, graduated from high school and lucky. Well, this is a very uh, very interesting. One of the first questions that got raised by this, uh, 
for me, uh, probably everybody else, and we can dig into this in a bit later, is how did they come to be here, right? Like, what what happened that they're yeah, not in, good question. in Oklahoma anymore? Um, and, and I think that's that's where we've we've heard that the Dark Horse comic series, which we still don't know when that's coming. No. Um, Soon, But that, that's hopefully going to fill in those gaps, too. Is the, Stocking like, stuffer? No, we would have seen uh, the, yeah, the listings. It would have been. Listings by now. But if it's coming out in March, they better list the darn thing pretty darn quick. It's a three-month lead time in the preview books um the one thing i will say though is that even though she's um not afterlife age phoebe still being younger nicely fits into dan Aykroyd's vision from hellbent which was of the the young super genius on the team right and, and, and again, she's uh, a, he loved she, that trope, and she she's there. She is. We have it. We have. It just so happens that over time, it morphed into Spengler's grandchild. I was going to say okay, that's fine too. Dan's version was somebody who had an enlarged cranium, if I recall, well, right? Like yeah, there was like a physical Dan, attribute. <laughs> Dan had garbage truck containment. Dan's <laughs> stuff is awesome because Dan pulls no punches. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah um, you're right. But the point was is that it was this this. Uh, yeah, I believe it was still kind of like a kid like a like a teen or whatever um, yeah who yeah also happened to be comic book it bookishly mutated in but, the cranium but whatever but the point remaining that she yeah. is a child genius or not even a child a teenage genius yeah uh, who for some reason was taking summer classes when she went to somerville uh so uh, so was probably overachieving and maybe she's done with school by the time we see this film i don't know yeah maybe um, yeah but, but regardless of – so the best part is that McKenna still looks the part, um, not that she wouldn't, but she she still is sort of like the spitting image of what you would picture the descendant of Harold Ramis, Egon Spangler, to look like. Yeah. Um, and especially in this environment, wearing the jumpsuit with the pack uh, on her back, um, it, it, it's, it feels right. It doesn't feel like they're – when you see a movie that's uh, either a legacy sequel or a direct sequel, sometimes things don't feel right. Sometimes things don't feel like a, a, an installment yeah. of that film. Uh, this a hundred percent, like you look at that, it's the green hued, uh, very, um, Laszlo Kovacs, uh, composed shot. Um, and again, showing that Eric Stielberg totally understands how to shoot a Ghostbusters film. It looks like that, that that composure like this you could take this put a bunch of film grain on it and it would exist in 1984 um a bunch of people are hung up on the fact that it looks like she's wearing a haslab pack (laughs) maybe she is maybe she was uh and knowing that mckenna has uh back problems uh i'm sure the haslab pack is quite a bit lighter than the actual physical props but also Who's to say that they haven't changed the packs in this movie to look more like the Haslab pack? Like, that's the other thing, too, is it's like now that that piece of merchandise exists, yeah. we're looking for it. But it's that's, also that's, possible that they've they've created this thing. It's a contingent of people that <laughs> kind of forgot that uh, it was the fans that started to imprint this demand for what reality is in terms of the packs. Like, we built our love of, of, of the the prop equipment from the first movie based on a, you know, a bunch of hero packs made by guys who are like, 
there's no way in hell people will give a crap about this in 35 years time and then the other half were made of rubber so they could fall on yeah the right? like there was just, packs. yeah which so, uh, if you watch let's not the, overthink this no too much. The, the original ghostbusters one of the most iconic scenes where the four ghostbusters are up on on the 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 rooftop temple and they're talking about crossing the streams cross the streams they're all wearing stunt packs. They're not yeah. hero packs. You look and it's foam rubber. And, but that's, that is the tiny detail that you notice on the 500th viewing of the film. Exactly. The, the other thing yeah. too is this is a teaser trailer where there is a, a strong possibility that if McKenna was still having issues with, with her, her back and she hadn't reco- fully recovered from her surgery when they were shooting this, maybe she was wearing a lighter pack that they were going to digitally kind of, you know, enhance or upgrade or whatever. That they and just they still they haven't yet, right? gotten like, to yet. Yeah. Yeah. We so, know we know trailers quite often go out the door with stuff that's close enough yeah. for trailer. So the fact that we're looking at this shot and being like, "There's no, <clears throat> there's no Alice frame on that pack." Well, there may be when we see this film in March. I don't know. Yeah. Um, we don't or, know. Or or there may not. Who knows? Um, it's, and sometimes we still live in the world where I I will I will land on the side of the defense of the filmmakers that you know what if a shot is like four frames don't pay to digitally have the Alice <laughs> yeah. frame the A frame put in like just and, and not like, just not leave not it alone for the teaser trailer like the VFX artists have enough no, on not their even plates. for the yeah. final movie right like yeah. if you're gonna nitpick that guess what delicious enjoy yeah. the inconsistency something for us to podcast uh, about yes. Spend um, the money on the next movie, kids. Like, um, um, I, I did want to say before we got too far off here, too, the whole uh, Phoebe uh, uh, McKenna looking entirely the part of uh, Phoebe, that quick shot of her in podcast, too, still sporting the uh, the, the, the button-up print T-shirts with the, 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 the not suspenders, the... Um, uh, overalls. The, you're overalls. About the G- Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, her favorite... <laughs> favorite yeah. fashion choice still there doing it i don't i do like podcasts uh swatch shirt though oh it's pr- it's uh, awesome yeah the the swatch shirt is great and he's got the like puka shell necklace or something on too <laughs> of um, course he does but the you know again <laughs> phoebe like it makes sense if i remember right from the behind the scenes of of afterlife uh uh, uh danny glicker I'm pulling from memory and my brain is mush right now, but the costume, yeah. the costumer on Ghostbusters Afterlife said that it makes sense for Phoebe. She needs pockets. She needs something that's going to be durable yeah. when she's working on things. She doesn't care about fashion. She's all about utility. So it makes sense that she's still wearing what she's used to or, or cover coveralls are the original, uh, uh, you know, workwear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um before before people worried about boiler uh, suits and stuff like that, yeah, the coveralls, multiple pockets, easy to put, you know, you, your screwdriver down while you, you know, twisted some wire or whatever. It's yeah. it's, it's ideal. Um, I, I know we're not doing this chronologically here, but I there was a couple of where are you at? Like in your headspace, where are you at in so this trailer here? After after the shot you, of Phoebe uh, at the pole, that's yeah. when you see your first glimpse of James a- Acaster. Acaster, yeah. Um, and and it's a th- it's a three shot of Trevor Lucky and James Acaster's character. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of reaction shots in this. Obviously, because it's a teaser, you don't get a lot of dialogue. You don't want a lot of lip flap, and so no. we see a lot of people looking concerned. We see a lot of people looking scared. We see a lot of head turns. Whatever. I love Spielberg. I'm in. But and, and it makes sense because literally what they are telling us is 
that person's back, that person's back. You don't know who that person is. Stay tuned. Yes. And that's all it's supposed to do. And so uh, uh, James, who um, uh, go check out his stand up on Netflix if you haven't. It's it's very funny. Any of them. Actually, and if you, I, the other thing I would recommend, I think I recommended before is hit YouTube and search for uh, him on Would I Lie to You? Uh, yeah, actually, that would I lie every time he's on Would I Lie to You is 100% gold. Yeah, uh, I mean, and we don't we don't know anything about his character. We don't nothing is revealed about his character in this except for a few like tiny details. There's a, a little bit of of hints and and yeah. nods. A lot of people are wondering if he's Oscar. I don't think he's Oscar. I don't think we see Oscar. I don't think we mention Oscar. I don't think Oscar's in this movie at all. But um, <laughs> there's there's a shot where let's just say everybody's tried to CSI the hell out of a name patch. <laughs> and you see like three letters on it. Yeah. Yeah. They've come up. They've come. It, it, it's it, it, every answer possible. Somebody's convinced that that's what it reveals. Um, yeah. uh, shout out to uh, uh, pal of the podcast, Kevin, who is, oh, boy, if Vegas was taking bets on that <laughs> character. Kevin's all in. All in. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's got his he's so hoping that it's this one this one answer. Um yeah, there are some little things. I don't know how much I want to get into it either cuz we start to wander into speculation land. Yeah. But, but it's pretty clear that James like uh the three comedians that uh we were surprised, you know, and delighted to find out were being added to the lineup. Um the teaser does drop enough that you kind of get a sense of where they're at. Uh, not specifically, but, you know, Kumail is at least not from the team, you know, who knows by the end of the movie. They could all be on the team. Who knows? Everybody's on the team now. We're all on. You're on the team. I'm on the team. Patton's on the team. Who knows? By the end, it could all change. But in terms of them joining the story, we kind of get a sense of the three different directions they're joining the story which I really like. It'll mean nothing to the average person, but to the rest of the rest of us, pardon me. Uh, I do, like I say, like the hint that James is uh, uh, right at the gate, closely tied to the company somehow. Yeah. Question yeah you, you see, you see the no ghost patch on his, his arm. So it's like he, he's yeah. somehow involved with the team and, and you get uh, that. And speculative me just loves trying to imagine what that could be. Patton obviously working. Uh, it might be a nice nod back to the New York library and we do see the lion. So it's 100% possible that, you know, uh, that's how Patton comes in is a replacement for, uh, for, uh, uh, Alice at the, the, uh, a, a at the New York librarian. public library. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and, and then, yeah, Kumail, uh, is a guide owner, of landlord? some sort. Yeah, you you see him kind of go through that that hidden passage. I'm a sucker for hidden passageways. So you see yeah. them walk through uh, what is clearly a a cupboard <laughs> or a, a a closet. Uh, or as into, I like to call it, an underutilized pantry. It, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, the cleaning products. You push that wall back, <laughs> and suddenly you're in this amazing uh, whatever it is. Um, yeah. So yeah. So, so we, you're right. Yeah, we, like we you say, though, we see we see everybody. Are. Yeah, we saw. I mean, the main characters get a a a, a bunch of them. So, like, there's a, a number of Phoebe. There's a, a handful of Trevor. There's a bunch of uh, Gary. Is it officially Gary? Gary Gruberson. Yeah, I You're, just keep saying his Gruberson, name but is I guess he's, Gary Gruberson. Yeah, that was I, the. Uh, I cannot wait the to joke. see them fit Gruberson onto a name tag. But um, <laughs> um, and delightfully, uh, yeah, the the three newcomers get a couple of shots. 
Um, you don't see Emily Lind, which uh, nope. yeah. So we don't quite know anything more about her. She was the well, other person that was announced suspicious. at the same time. But yeah, I'm suspicious. sure that was suspicious. But um, um, but uh, you know, we 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 see Winston, we see uh, Peter, we see Ray, we hear a lot of Ray. We hear a lot of Ray. We um, hear uh, Patton gives you some great exposition about for the first time somebody froze to death in July in New York City. Yeah. Uh, which is the the next shot uh, after that uh, that James A. Caster uh, reveal? Yeah, I'm getting some real uh, late 1800s, early 1900s. I'm just hoping for more New York turn of the century, like early 20th century cultists. It, it clear, That's clearly, this so is what I yeah, want. <laughs> like it's some sort of a flashback because of the the wardrobe, and you have poor Will Ferrell there, uh, frozen with an eye patch. Um, is that not, Will Ferrell? It's not Will Ferrell. I just he okay. looks like Will Ferrell. I was like, what? So our our friend Pablo on his voicemail last week said it was so great to see a flashback where you see uh, J H Tobin in live action. I I didn't uh, I, I didn't clock that, and I know that that's that's been your drum that you've been beating. Like I want to see the the Tobin spinoff. I yeah. didn't, I that that didn't register to me at all. And when I heard his voicemail, I was like, "Oh, is that what? The, I don't think that's what that was supposed to be." Do you think that's okay, what that was well, supposed to be? Given the way the frozen gentleman's dressed and the guy in the background, the frozen second gentleman, uh, and then the the shadowy figure on the left there, cowboy hat and uh, uh, and 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 uh, hair you know, tied dust, back duster a little mustache, bit. the Sam Elliott uh, facial hair. Yeah, it's it's a it's a bit. You know, uh, third quarter of the 19th century, uh, if you know what I mean, sort of thing. Um, now, that said, and this is uh, – I hadn't considered it. And now you've ruined it for me. Thanks a Sorry. lot. Thanks Sorry. for planting that bug. Um, Tobin was a, like an early 20th century, like – Art Deco. So if he's building buildings in in you know in New York, Art oh, Deco you're style. Think, that's you're the thirties. Shandor. That's Shandor. Oh, sorry. Who did yeah. I say? What did I say? You were saying Tobin because to- Tobin Spirit Guide. We don't know when that was published. Right, right, when right. he was writing. Oh. oh my god, my brain is just completely uh, okay. So you're partially off the hook because you you mentioned Tobin and my brain went to Shandor. Shandor. Um, yeah. Which I doesn't? Mean, I mean, Shandor. I'm trying to remember the engraving that you see in Afterlife on his tomb was 1920 something. His birth. So that's still pre. Like that's like you couldn't have a his civil birth war was 1920. Era. Yeah, that was the th- like he was like a hundred years old or something, right? Like he had a crazy birth and death date on that. 1820 maybe because. Like I said, if he's born in 1920, mm. no ten-year-olds building. Uh, oh, you're right. Yeah, Eight, Art Deco high rises in the 30s. There. This is what um, the, we're off the rails now. Yeah. What did I say? And 1920. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And 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 actually, it does fit. Um, like I said, pure speculation. Frankly, if the whole flashback wants to have, uh, uh, you know, the younger guy is is Shandor, and you know maybe some of the 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 other guys are are and one of them is Tobin. I don't care. That's great. That's uh, that's a bit of historical fan service that I'll, I'll or maybe embrace. you don't even know that it's Tobin. Like it's never clearly explicitly said, but you know or maybe maybe, that's maybe that we all sort it's, of it's on. Yeah, or maybe it's nothing at all, and that's fine uh, yeah. too. But it is. We are. We do get to see flashbacks to um, this historical event that. Uh, uh, Oswald is uh, Oswald is um, 
is referencing, obviously. Um, yeah, for the first time, it, it's it is curious that you hear him say for the first time in history, somebody has frozen in July in New York City. But then you're seeing this flashback of like, maybe that's not true. Maybe, maybe Pat Oswalt doesn't know everything. Maybe there's. Uh, oh, I took it the other yeah. way that he he was referencing the past. And the mm. event in the past was the that first was time. That was the first time that somebody froze to death in July. Frozen Interesting. In, okay. New York in July. Uh, um, which, you know, New York, sure. It's less impressive in Canada. We 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 got some weird Julys there. I'll tell you that. But uh, Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, again, I, I didn't quite... I, when Pablo when Pablo said that, I was like, "Oh, is that who was that?" And I kind of went back and double checked it. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. It's it's intriguing. Yeah. Again, it's a great teaser trailer because we don't know what the hell we're looking at. No, and, and that's fine. Um, um, uh, we can tell Shandor uh, born in eighteen fifty five. Sorry, I had to double check it. I was that actually was fits really Eight, well for the guy. Eighteen fifty five. You know what? Then fine. Podcast bet. I have, I'm not putting any weight in it, nor do I. I care what reality is when it comes out. I'm going to love the hell of it anyways. But sure, for the sake of podcast bet, uh, yeah, guy in the cowboy hat is Shandor. That's just me. There you That's, go. Well, because the thing is, and this goes back to afterlife, why do you, uh, uh, J.K. Simmons, Ivo Shandor, <laughs> and then just walk away, right? Like, I have a sneaking suspicion that it would be nice to have little hints of Shandor or Shandor cultists, you know, Gozerians and stuff like that. They can pop up from time to time. That's great. He, um, I mean, in comic book terms, Gozerians as a cult would make a great kind of Ghostbusters equivalent to like, you know, Hydra or something, right? Like, you know, they can, they can persist. They can, they can have their ups and downs and persist through, you know, the entire history of the Ghostbusters world, even pre Ghostbusters and all that. Um, I'll, de- I think that's I'll devil's advocate you. I think the sure. fact, I, the fact that we like going back to saying that this is a totally different Ghostbusters that we've never seen. Yep. I don't think Shandor is mentioned at all in this. Like I don't. I, I like. I think Shandor, Gozer, Zool, like all of those things okay. that have become sort of like synonymous with with the first film and Afterlife. If if anything, they're mentioned in passing, like. Hey, this reminds yeah. me of that. Go, don't say that word. You know, like th- th- there's some sort of a joke uh, sure, uh, maybe. toward it, but I, I, I don't think we're we're dwelling too much on that. Um, I okay, I lean in the direction Tobin, of I Tobin think I, maybe I think. like I leave that door open. Like I'm, I'm kind of with Pablo that okay. that's a possibility because knowing Fine. how heavily we've been like Tobin Spirit Guide shows up in Afterlife, and Tobin was a huge part of the Spirits Unleashed game. I uh, s- Bit on your guests. So I'm going with mine just for okay. fun. All right, funsies. We'll see. Podcast um, bet. I don't know. We're both probably wrong. It's probably it's, again. They're probably like innocuous, like uh, no name people, and it's this is all nothing. They um, have the shots all spread out across the teaser, but we see a lot of an apartment, a New York apartment. Uh, the same New York apartment, I'm guessing, right? Like you're talking about the, the shot- one where the door blows off. Uh, that one. Well, Acaster, Trevor, and Lucky look like they're in that apartment going by uh, the doorframe behind them. The door blasts, it freezes and then blasts off. Looks like it's that apartment. Uh, and then, you know, Kumail in the, the hidden pantry. You know, that's not at the back. That that's not the fire a, hall, yeah, right? That could, that, be that could be an apartment. It feels like, you know, there's 
and actually that all could lend itself to you know Camille's part of the whole thing too right like it's there there's a there's a scene set piece built around a building or an apartment yeah in the building he's the or, one who calls the ghostbusters because weird, weird shit's stuff's happening, happening in his apartment yeah. yeah um um i do love that we get a i think it's just the one shot i mean phoebe and the 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 fire pole sure but um uh, um um brain cannot separate actress from character oh hey, you're hey, talking hey, about callie hey. callie the Carrie coon character yeah yeah the, the tr- yeah c-a-l-l versus c-a-r-r and my brain's like i, it's hard. I cannot be bothered to distinguish between the two um it's nice to see that and i'm assuming this is an extension of well, I don't know. It's Hollywood. For all I know, they just keep reinventing the wheel over and over. But I like to think that lessons learned on uh, Answer the Call, we're seeing them in play here because that looks identical to the old fire hall. Oh, the but fi- we know yeah. that doesn't exist anymore. That's gone, right? So I, I mean, I'm so intrigued by the fact that – so we saw on McKenna Grace's TikTok that yeah. they built – a good chunk of the firehouse uh, yeah. on, on a soundstage. And, and yeah, I mean, all of these shots where you see Callie and, and Phoebe and, and all of these little, there's, there's one shot later in the trailer where it's uh Gruberson and Trevor and Phoebe, or is it Callie? They're up against the wall uh, and the, the spikes are coming towards them. Yeah. And it's, it's clearly the subway, the green subway tile, um, uh, it is. It's Callie. So it's Trevor Gruberson and and Callie. But yep. it's you see that that support beam, the green support beam. You see the green subway tile. Like I, to a yeah. T, I'm sure that they meticulously uh, recreated that that firehouse. Uh, well, the, there's a shot. The it's blurry, right? But the in the background, but the shot of Winston looking down the fire hall. You can even see, you know, Peter's old. Uh, Office space yeah, back there. Winston and Peter. I mean, that we're bearing the lead here. So you see Ray, Peter, and Winston in this trailer. So they're not yes. holding the, the no. old guard back at all here. Um, but you're right. Yeah, the two shots that you see, you see Peter and you see Winston for brief fleeting moments. Again, reaction shots like, oh, my God, what the hell are they looking at? But they're both can, in the firehouse. <laughs> you uh, can tell that I'm not a props person because I know everybody instantly with the Winston <laughs> shot went, you know, the hazard striping on the pack. And I'm looking at the background going, oh, there's that. Yeah, there's Peter's desk way down yeah. <laughs> at the end. They're, they're clearly you can see the in the garage bay. Yeah, yeah you see yeah. the Ecto behind them and whatever they're looking. At. It's probably from the same scene because they're looking at the same direction and in and, and the same positioning. Um, but again, we see them suited up in the teaser trailer. So that stands to reason that it's not going to be sort of like a, 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 a tail end thing in this film. Like, uh, they're going to have a bigger part to play. Um, and, and Ray, you know, Ray gets this wonderful kind of, he's the, the only other line of big dialogue that's in this teaser talking about the death chill, the death chill, which, you know, you know that Ray is just chewing that scenery because he loves this story and he wants to talk about it and, uh, and relishing it as does Dan Aykroyd. Like this is his bread and butter, obviously. (laughs) Um, uh, it feels like, so the bit where he's doing the death chill talk is like special records, at, I'm assuming it's special records at uh, or you know ancient uh, volumes or whatever uh, uh, antique collection at um, Ray's occult uh, at, the... uh, 
not Ray's occult in the the, oh, in the library. library. Oh, interesting. Well, because well, Ray links it all together. So the shower he talks about death chill. Let's talk about uh, my love of uh, Ray's fashion and how I'm going to adopt it as my retirement uh, fashion, my, my retirement look. Let's talk so, about the sustainability <laughs> of owning the same shirt and wearing it for 40 years. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Um, him in Spirits Unleashed with the, you know, the, the sweater the and sweater, the, the, the glasses the on the chain. Sweater, I'm yeah. going to do a lot of that. And then, yeah, there's this, this denim with the... Uh, the what's the name of the what's the pants that go zick 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 help me uh, out here corduroy corduroy about, yeah. the corduroy uh, collar yeah. on it so we see them talking in the the wooden you know the books the shelves with the books and all that he's wearing that um later on Patton and them get into the old elevator uh he's he's there wearing that shirt and the kids are with him right yeah uh and then uh yep the and then in the middle of all that is the quick shot of the animated stone lion yell, uh, uh, roaring at Ray because he's wearing is wearing the same shirt denim shirt and the the corduroy uh, yeah, it's, yeah it's and that is 100% the library so I mean again if you want to like trailer detective it I think I think we know but again just a delicious taste it doesn't really yeah. and, and give anything away right like it's a character decision it's not just costuming to look good on screen. Like it, it is something that it's like, yeah, he's he's reconciled with Egon, you know, in the, in the last movie said Egon Spangler can burn in hell. Now he has reconciled. He's, he's made his peace with Egon. So maybe it's a shirt that he found in the back of his closet and it, and it reminds him of sitting on the couch while Egon was sitting there chomping on Cheez-Its and they were talking about the structure work in Dana Barrett's apartment. Let's just say, I don't think they totally, uh, uh, they decided to, to totally avoid little nods <laughs> for us fans because oh, no. that shirt is 100 uh, percent uh, I'm sure uh, the, the Easter eggs are a plenty but not oh, not, yeah. in, not in the way that it's like it's it's fan service in the best possible sense where it's the yeah. stuff that you and I we see that that denim shirt and we go oh my god it's the same shirt where anybody else is like Man, Ray looks like he's dressed like he's from the '80s still. Why is he not updating his wardrobe? He's so you know stuck in his, his time. Um, yeah. But uh, but so okay. So so there were a couple things in there too that you also mentioned. Yeah. Uh, the the animated lion. I don't know if it's Patience. Uh, one of the lions in front of the New York Public Library yeah. roars at Ray. I, what I, what the hell is that? I mean, a, a couple of people have pointed out that it's the the same shot uh, as the the lion gargoyle in front of uh, Miss Flavorsham's attic uh, house uh, from Real Ghostbusters, where it came to life and, and roared at the Ghostbusters. But wh- what is happening here? Like that's of all the things that we've seen. Like this is sort of an out of place, like paranormal experience type thing, where I'm like. I, is it a hallucination? Is it something like are ghosts running rampant, and so all of these inanimate objects are are, are animating now? Uh, I'm I'm just yeah. I'm very intrigued as to why this is happening. <laughs> like, well, okay, actually, the the first two movies set it up quite nicely, though, uh, and to a lesser degree, the third one, uh, Afterlife, does as well. When there's a huge spike in whatever PKE, in PKE energy, yeah. 
stuff just pops off, right? In, in the first movie, second movie, and Afterlife, when the PK, uh, when, when the, the main big bad, which is a massive spike in, in, you know, spectral energy or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. All this side stuff happens too, right? Like, so if Gozer was the main one in the first movie, remember how much they ran around chasing around all these other ghosts. And then the second one, as Vigo and the slime built up, Again, all these, you know, the, the Titanic arrives and the, 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 the movie theater ghost and all that. Nothing to do with Vigo yeah. whatsoever, but there's a giant spike in this stuff. Um, Afterlife, the mini puffs. I would say the mini puffs then would be if, uh, like, uh, on that same train of thought, yeah. like the PKE spikes and all of a sudden all of the marshmallows in the Walmart are animating. That makes sense. That's where the yeah. mini puffs are coming from. Um, yeah. And we, again, we don't know particulars, but there's a, a, a shot later on in here of the containment unit failing, uh, which is uh, the first movie, the containment unit failed. And yeah, there was again, just this giant, that's when we saw a lot that montage of everything was uh, yeah, you know, the taxi driver ghost yeah. and all that sort of thing. Um, similar, could be the similar thing here, right? Like the, the, uh, the containment unit pops and now we're just going to see all this, <laughs> this, this weird stuff. Um, so, but wait, yeah. before we get too far from there, sure. because this, this is something you pointed out on Twitter and I was like, I'm saving this. I'm going to talk to Chris on the podcast oh, about okay. this because, because you immediately jump to, we see the walls cracking around the containment unit. Yep. Um, and in a very similar manner to what we saw in the, in the first film. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, I think, I mean, it's a containment breach. Sure. That totally makes sense that, that whatever the big bad is, is coming in to unleash all the ghosts to, to have all that ultimate power from a story perspective makes total sense. The, the nerd and me, all the people that are pointing out all of the, the you know, like the, the caution striping on the pack and that, that Phoebe's wearing a HasLab pack and stuff, that light is still green on the containment unit that it's not flashing. There's no red, there's no, you know, it looks to me like everything is still cool with the containment unit. It's everything around the containment unit that is just going to hell and crumbling around it. So, you know, uh, is there some sort of fail safe now that like the containment unit, because it has been sitting there for 40 years unused or since the nineties. So I guess like 30 some years, uh, unused, like, did they put fail safes in there that that thing will just run indefinitely? It has its own perpetual power source. It is double and triple uh, reinforced so that like not even an atomic bomb going off will breach that containment unit. That's what I took from that shot where, where I like, because everything else around it is crumbling and there's this this right dead center, the green light that everything's okay. Yeah, it could be. It just decided, well, I mean, if you're going to, fire ice spikes through the streets of New York. It could just be like an earthquake crack sort of thing. Uh, I didn't notice the green light at first, uh, but you're right. Yeah. I, I Again, and, and that, that sort of speaks to the comedic value of things too, where it's like the containment unit is saying all is well when everything is clearly not well. Clearly not well, yeah. But maybe they have now worked on the containment unit so so – uh, diligently that uh, even if even if the world comes to an end around the containment unit, that thing is not busting. It's not cracking. Nothing's going to happen to it. I, I again, I probably reading too much into it. The green light may not be in the final film, and and I'm just reading way too much into it. But uh, it's it's very funny. Um, so everything everything just goes, you know, batshit from this point. Like 
the the second half remember we're measuring cool summer um as quiet as the this spring is starts it man it goes it's rapid fire and it's the one thing that is very clear is everything takes even even th- even thinking about it, the fact that we watch a bunch of old timey guys freeze to death. That's the quietest of the things are going crazy. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're seeing we're seeing the doors blow off of the firehouse and hitting the Ghostbusters spe- sign. We're seeing spectral smoke, uh, more ice spikes, the lion yelling, uh, yelling. Yeah. What, what's that? What's the word for? Or animals when they yell at one another, roaring. Right, thanks. Roar, Chris. Yeah. Oh, my brain is just uh, Alan, the containment unit. Alan. Interestingly, going. I'm just realizing going what you were mentioning here. Going from the shot of the containment unit and the walls are falling apart, and the but the light screen, it goes right to Lucky, and she's clearly in the middle of some red warning lights going on. Well, and and that too. I, I want to say it was on the the yes have some recap show. Um, yeah. So. So that doesn't look of all of these shots where it looks like the firehouse. That thing that Lucky is in doesn't look like the firehouse. No, I don't. I don't think it is, and I don't think it's related to the containment unit. I was just pointing out that th- there's an interesting. It goes from cracking containment unit to red light to like, red uh, light. So, so something is wrong. Something is amiss. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then just to keep you on your toes, it goes to. I guess an outtake from one of the more recent Alien movies with some of the <laughs> the builders. Like, uh, what yeah. is that? So, so this this is one of the abstract shots that I I, I sort of uh, alluded to at the beginning of the show. From behind, you see a scaly gray balding creature of some sort. Like this looks like an Aryan Tutan special to me. Like that is that is a creature design through and through. And he's like plugging a horn into the socket in his head. Yeah. Uh, you know, as if like, uh, oh, oops, I dropped this. And it's just like, yeah, you got one of those meat thermometers, you know, shoving it into the side of his head. Um, uh, uh, dripping off a lot of that um, dry ice fog i do want to point that out is obviously incredibly cold yeah so there's 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 a lot of that sort of cold imagery there too so so later in the trailer where we see the silhouetted figure that has the horns like this is obviously our our big bad uh from behind we're just not getting a a good glimpse of what Mm -hmm. he she they it look like from the front um but yeah so this is our villain and our villain lost a horn I don't know why the villain lost the horn, but you know, it's, uh, sometimes you drop a horn. Um, <laughs> but but then right after that is when you see uh, James Ac- Acaster. I'm going to get his name right one of these days. Yep. Um, with a with a flashlight doing the wonderful uh, Spielbergian uh, uh, flare. Um, yeah. And he I, fits. He f- I, like I said. I don't even know. I don't know his name. I don't know what his role is in the movie. I don't know how he's connected to the Ghostbusters, although obviously he is, but he fits so well. Yeah, uh, hairstyle, it's, the glasses. Uh, he's, yeah. he's wearing those Lewis Tully uh, uh, glasses. Um, I will point out the red jackets that everybody is going ape shit over. This is yeah. the first appearance of them in That's that the shot. first appearance. Um, but uh, so I, th- I think the jackets are very cool. I'm good. We'll, we'll talk. We can talk about the jackets. We'll talk about those in a minute. Um, um, yeah. But yeah, you're right. He, again... This looks like 
Ghostbusters. This feels like Ghostbusters. The new characters feel like they are integrated and they don't feel, I don't bump on anybody. Like when I see this shot, even though some people have pointed out like, oh, it kind of looks like, uh, you know, Chris Hemsworth in, in Answer the Call. But even that, he it doesn't, it's it's not the same like he's not he's not kevin like he's he no. even though hairstyle and, and things like that may be very similar he he looks like he fits in in this particular universe so uh again if he's looking at the big bad this is all trailer magic i don't know um but then the shot after that is yeah. one that i know you sort of <laughs> you latched onto i latched onto for two different reasons. Uh, so Callie is wearing her pack uh, in her flight suit with her Spangler name tag. Amazing. She has uh, uh, 100% adopted the Spangler surname, and I love it. Um, but she's wearing a turtleneck and the red winter gloves. So this is obviously yeah. after everything has started freezing. Um, so it's it's cool to see that, like, they're adapting to the cold. This is probably pre-red jackets. Um, I I personally <laughs> – I don't – this is going to sound so stupid – Paul Rudd in the corner of the frame. Yeah. Lo- it looks to me 100% like if you remember in the late 1990s, early 2000s, when we were all talking about Ghostbusters 3 and it was going to be a Judd Apatow film and all of the Judd Apatow troupe was going to be in that film, including Seth Rogen and Ben Stiller and Paul Rudd. And people were Photoshopping. Paul Rudd and 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 Sandler and all of the the characters that were always constantly being mentioned into flight suits. And here for the first time we see Paul Rudd in a flight suit and it looks it it, it looks to me I'm like, "Oh, that's the dream realized." That right there, yeah. that is what we for 30 years were were shouting upon the rooftops and now we finally have it. And the funny thing is when you freeze frame on it, it kind of looks like some of those photoshops. Like it looks like, <laughs> like maybe they've put Gary Gruberson in there and that's another character. It's, it's kind of, it, yeah. because it just doesn't feel real to me anymore. It, like it just, it, I'm like, Oh, it's finally happening. Paul Rudd is a ghostbuster and we're, I, I'm sure it doesn't feel real to him either, but we're finally no. seeing that realized. I, what I noticed in this shot, like initially I it went right to the, the black turtleneck. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. I'm yeah. like, <laughs> I got a black turtleneck. I'm going to do that from now on. But I quickly realized in 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 rewatching it, um, whoever's doing the the costuming is kind of deliberately leaning into how the guys dress. They're they're technically all in the same uniform. Ghostbusters are Ghostbusters are Ghostbusters. But they all have so you know Vinkman has uh, his uh, you know everybody else has their their pant cuffs you know uh, paratrooper tucked in uh, but Peter does not and all that you know and looking at these three you know uh, Callie's got hers uh, uh, suit half open with the black turtleneck Phoebe's wearing the suit just kind of normal with black t shirt and then you're looking at Gruberson and it's he's got that thing zipped all the way up to the top right like taking it's it just, seriously like and and like, it makes sense he's he's a fanboy like us like yeah he's wearing that flight suit with pride and he's gonna make but sure that everything is starched and lapeled and everything is perfect to the ten every yeah. character has their personalized. Yeah. way that they wear the uniform and i i'm loving it i i think that's a fantastic note is that 
because again we're going to have all these characters running around and it's one thing it's very easy for us to distinguish between characters when they're not in uniform but when they all jump in it's nice to actually see an extension of those personalities the the personalization of it again character character centric character deliberate costuming which is has been wonderful on on this film and the last one yeah yeah um so well so knowing we're running long and i'm i'm getting hoarser and hoarser by the second here you sure are buddy the one thing i did want to talk about is uh lucky we saw her in that red bathed in red. That's never a good sign. That's a very James Cameron aliens kind of thing. Like danger is all around her. When Ray starts talking about your, uh, your, your entire body freezing. And the last thing you see is, is your, your eyelids, uh, freezing. We see lucky in danger, uh, her hair completely frozen and it's her eyeball that we see. I'm, I'm presuming it's her eyeball. Again, it's it could be a, 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 a teaser trailer editing magics of somebody else. But, right. you know, she's freezing and then we see her eyeball freeze. Um, I, this to me was there's there's stakes like there there's there's real peril for these characters. And it's kind of a nice thing to. Not a nice thing, not for Lucky. Uh, certainly, I'm, I'm not saying that it's a nice thing, but it's it's just like of all these movies that we see where there's prequels and we know that the characters are going to be okay. I am genuinely concerned for a lot of the characters in this film. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. that everybody is going to survive uh, whatever ends up happening through the events of this film. Do you? Did you kind of get that same sense here? Like, I... I don't think we're seeing Lucky's death. I don't want to like they're not going to th- throw that into the teaser trailer. That's that's a huge spoiler. No, um, somebody will save it, the day. But it adds it adds danger. I, I mean, there has to be some sense of danger. I mean, even the original Ghostbusters nearly got blown up, nearly fell off the roof of a building, nearly got swallowed up by a city street. Uh, there has to be some peril or. Yeah, or or, or or you know, what's the difference between busting ghosts and being a you know a, a mouse exterminator, right? Like it's just yeah. Um, run, uh, uh, what was it that Alex Langley told us? They're they're like firefighters that they're running toward the danger instead of away from it. So they they know yeah. there is inherent risk uh, to to what they're doing. Um, but I I mean, again, it's like this is this is a. If they're if they're deliberately putting stuff into the teaser trailer, they're putting this in there to say that like nobody's safe. Like there there is a strong possibility we have to say goodbye to some, if not many or a few, uh, of these characters. Um, and, and I like that again. Leaves me with questions. Leaves me like, oh my god, are we gonna we're we gonna lose Lucky? Like, and yeah. how does that impact not just me as a fan of her from the films, but how does it how does that impact Trevor and all of the characters that have come to know and love her uh, in in the story? Like, that's good storytelling. That's like uh, Quentin Tarantino uh, always says. Like, you know, you don't want everything to happen the way that it should happen because then it's not an exciting film to watch. Like uh, in in Inglorious Bastards, uh, you want. Uh, the 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 bastards uh, uh, plan to go afoul, or that you're, or you want the bad guy to know that it's happening because it makes for a more interesting movie if it, everything doesn't go according to plan. So here we're kind of getting that sort of 
like th- things are going to go off the rails. Things are like this is not just like they're all going to cavalierly show up and save the day. There's there's going to be some some stakes. Um, yeah, absolutely. I um I don't know though. I always feel like you know, in for a penny, in for a pound, kids. I wasn't really. I'm not against it, but I wasn't really also big on the whole. It's just like real Ghostbusters, and it's, it because again to me, I went from the first movie to the role playing game, and the role playing game was what opened up this concept of the Ghostbusters can go anywhere and fight anything, uh, and that's just what this movie is. It's like the Ghostbusters are fighting a new thing and everybody was like it's just like real ghostbusters is like in that they can go anywhere and fight anything like okay sure right um but in for a penny in for a pound kids if you want to say it's like real ghostbusters the thing in real ghostbusters was when the paranormal could affect people in one way or another it was always reversible uh, or reversible, you know, up to a point, you know, again, just to, to put some sense of danger and, you know, the old adage about if you could kill the vampire that, you know, turned your girlfriend, she doesn't turn into a vampire sort of thing, right? So there's always that loophole that somebody frozen, you can maybe reverse that back sort of thing. Yeah. Um, once, once the threat is eliminated, uh, I suspect I, that given that it's lucky that that's how it's going to go. Like, or, or, she bumps right up against it, and but they've got a way to you know block it or interfere it, and you know it, yeah, but it's I, comic I, booky to a, a degree, right? So I don't see it going to the same extent of like the one thing that that always uh, tripped me up about uh, answer the call was at the end of the film the the threat is is dispatched. And then all of a sudden the buildings remake themselves, and all of the the physical damage that had been done is magically kind of poof undone. Right. I I don't like the damage that we're seeing here, the ice spikes and all of the stuff that's happening to New York City and all the 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 physical damage. I I don't see that reversing. So like there is a possibility that like yeah, the the people are unfrozen um but uh you know, there's there still are some ramifications from whatever happens. But yeah, I, I sure, I'm, 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 sure I'm there, there with you. Like the, I don't yeah, think this I, is the end of lucky. At least not this particular moment. Uh or maybe it is. I don't know. But um, well, I mean, it's an interesting thing because this goes back to our discussion about why in afterlife most young New Yorkers and you know don't remember the Ghostbusters and stuff like that. It's like how much of an impact do you have to have on a city before uh, uh, you know it 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 becomes an indelible part of the history sort of thing. Yeah. So you know, it, this is a weird. It's a, a, a weird consideration, which is an entire city frozen at, with spikes coming up. That's probably nobody's going to miss out on that. But then do you move into the realm of, like it's smashing cars? Are people injured? Are, do people die? Like there's a lot of people that assume that because the ocean was freezing and people are running out of the ocean that some people will not have gotten out of the ocean in time and you know, froze there or got hit by a spike or or what have you. Um, I don't see us seeing that in a, in a Ghostbusters film. I think, I mean, that's, I don't think so. It gets, it gets a little uh, too dark and too gory when you start going down that path for what the the Ghostbusters films are. But also remember the bad seems to 
thrive on fear. The one thing you don't get out of a dead human is fear. <laughs> so there's always that it's scary as heck, but it's the, what do you want to call it? <sighs> I'm trying to think of some reference. Freddy Krueger is not the best one, but the, the, it's not real. He can't hurt you or it's, you know, can't immediately hurt you. That's why uh, Freddy's not the best example. What am I thinking? Me. Uh, but you know, <laughs> sure, I, sort of. Yeah. But there's there's a lot of um, uh, God. It's just it's it's an absolute trope of the things you're seeing aren't real, right? Like, yeah. Or it is you're you think you're in danger, but you're not actually in danger. But you're afraid you're in danger, and that's really what it wants, sort of thing. It's so, feeding off of the fear. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but then again, it is called the death chill, and there also seems to be a point where it just decides I'm getting nothing more out of you, and yes, I will freeze you. To I don't know. Literally so many questions. frozen to death. Gruberson says it like it's it's yeah. so great the way that it's like in layman's terms, you literally freeze to death. Cool. <laughs> Uh, scared, scared to death. Yeah. Um, and, and to which like Patton Oswalt's, uh, delivery there of like, I know it's cool, right? Not in By response. Way, yeah. That's a totally different scene, but you can kind of see what they're doing with Patton. Like if, if Ray is going to be the serious, the death chill now, Patton is kind of now filling in that role of the, like, this place yeah. is great. You know, he's, there, he's there, got that energy. There is a wonderful suggestion that these three characters are now going to take over legacy roles moving forward just for lack of a better term right like not it's not like Patton's taken over as Ray but somebody has to be like the the, the super enthusiastic occultist yeah um, and, and speaking of that by the way did you freeze on Patton in that in that in that shot uh, I, I, I don't know if the yes have some uh, I don't know who said what about what I didn't have a chance to listen to anybody's uh, analysis of stuff so I, I apologize if I'm, I'm retreading stuff but if you watch his right hand well both hands technically but you can see the right hand more clearly if you watch it in that bit where he talks about how cool it is like both hands are covered in massive rings and he's got like a tattoo on the back <laughs> of his hand and two bracelets like this is <laughs> there's a there's a little bit of punk rock uh, cultist librarian going on punk here rock the- librarian yeah I, I am I am so on board for this. I was too transfixed by the fact that uh, Patton Oswalt's character in Agents of Shield, uh, Agent Koenig, uh, was all about the lanyards. <laughs> the and lanyard. He's got a lanyard. Anybody who's on the base here at the playground has to have the lanyard. Uh, he's got a lanyard. Oh, in this, you're so. so fixated on Agents of I Shield. Why don't, you, why don't you write a book about or it? Four. Or, yeah. or four. Yeah. Uh, four. <laughs> so, anyways. But yeah. I, I, th- I like the people that suggest that the lanyard might just be a nod to that. I don't think so, because, again, I, I think it's just a nice identifier as the character as working for, you know, the, the New York Public oh, well, Library. Yeah, if he's the librarian or whatever. Yeah. But it's. Uh, I like the idea that he's the weirdo that lives in the basement taking care of the books nobody else wants to hang around. Yeah. I like the idea that he might be the guy that is excited to work in the windowless room where some of the books whisper at you. <laughs> like, I'm, is, I'm, is I'm so who, down with that. Yeah, when when Ray Stance of the Ghostbusters, who owns Ray's Occult uh, on St. Mark's Place, uh, shows That's up, right. he's like, you're Ray Stance. Like, he's the one who's going to immediately know and recognize. Yeah. Yeah, which is actually a fun kind of callback to Afterlife that Ray knows who podcast is and vice versa. Right. I like that there's a Venn diagram of people into the occult that Ray overlaps with in weird ways. And, 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 and Patton's character is, yeah, some, you know, 
at the same estate sales trying to procure certain books or uh, maybe patent listens to the podcast yeah uh, <laughs> that'll be and actually so podcast is right there. oh god that'll be so great if this guy actually knows podcasts podcast you're well. the host it's a kid <laughs> yeah um but uh so all right so we're, we're all okay we're almost at the two hour mark so oh I'm, we're gonna bring us home Sure. Uh, so, so obviously we've we've set up the stakes here. We've set up the new characters. Uh, we have seen, um, you know, b- bits and pieces of the firehouse. The last shot that we see before the title reveal is Trevor with a proton pack strapped onto his yep. back, firing at something. Um, he is obviously somewhere subterranean, uh, a basement, uh, whatever. That's an old pack too, by the way, I think. Um, uh, old pack doesn't have the caution striping on it. And he's not suited up. He's wearing a YMCA yeah. t-shirt that I know everybody is desperately trying to source as well. Um, so so that's probably from some some other scene. But it's, it's just good to see somebody firing a proton pack. I think they threw that in there just to be like, okay, they're going to suit up. They're going to... Uh, <laughs> take care of the take care of the problem they're gonna bust yeah. the most it feels a little bit like again we don't know the particular circumstances like why is he there without a uniform why is he there with an old pack or whatever but that's the same shirt he's wearing with lucky when they go with uh Kamel and they they that we never talked about that one shot by the way of the pantry the pantry shot you can, right you can see the 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 tin wall lining the ornamental tin uh wall lining is amazing like obviously somebody the back of somebody's pantry is an entryway to again secret cultist rooms i'm in for i'm down for it that's yep. great mysteries yeah uh but that that shot of him with the the proton pack again looks like you know like unused floor space or crawl space between mm. in a building leading to the roof or something like that so there it, it's it feels a little bit like again because Ghostbusters operates on the early hints to th- of bigger things to come. Uh, again, that idea that there's a building uh, PK uh, uh, valences and all that that are rising. And yeah, one of the earliest ones, who knows, the family might be just back in town. Maybe they're getting set up. Maybe they're debating about, you know how much ghostbusting they're going to do versus not or whatever but very early on one of the first hints that things are new york is starting to heat up again so to speak um is kumail comes to them with a you know i've got a, a an issue sort I, of thing I found and, something yeah and yeah. trevor and and lucky wander off to check it out sort of thing yeah um all speculation but yeah like you said beautiful shot of the 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 pack stream going off and and just good to ugh. hear the sound effect of the pack firing again you know that's 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 uh that's ghostbusters yeah. again it all it that's all ghostbusters works. so and then we then we get the title card and 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 the big hero shot uh well the, you see the villain uh big bad in silhouette still kind of keeping that a secret uh maybe we never see the the villain uh and that's totally fine maybe it's like jaws there's a lot of jaws references in here you know maybe you never see the shark but the the last shot where everybody the the, the red parkas uh, yeah. fantastic uh, we now know that those are some very expensive parkas for the people that are trying to uh, replicate them very quickly. Um, but to me, this again is number one. It looks like Ghostbusters. Like it is 
the 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 four heroes uh, on a rooftop with their uh, feet up, uh, you know, uh, looking out. Uh, this is it, it's obviously it's the firehouse. They're on top of the firehouse, looking out at something. Yep. Um, but it's it's ju- it just screams Ghostbusters. I love that Callie is wearing the ecto goggles, and I love that Phoebe's got the PKE meter and. Like they have, everybody has accepted their roles, kind of like what you said that they've all adapted their costumes to who they are. They have also adapted their, their usefulness, their role, the, the, what they, the role that they play in the team. Um, it's like, you've got, you've got those people now you've got the PK, you've got the, the Spangler who is always on the PKE meter where you want to be like, stop that. Um, and I, it, it's just it's such a great shot i know uh at some point we're gonna see this on a poster i i i, I yeah. that's my podcast bet is that like that's the hero image that's gonna be on the poster <laughs> and the dvd art and anything and everything because it's if, such a if, cool yeah, if there shot isn't like a, a cardboard stand-up that you get your picture taken with in theaters <laughs> Of this, uh, yes. I mean, the bummer is that you don't have missed. you don't have the other characters. You don't have Ray and Peter and Winston and everybody no. here. But um, just it, it's such a cool, it's such a cool image. It's such a very <laughs> evocative of Ghostbusters image. Um, yeah. And and you also get Paul Rudd doing his whoa like so. It has that sense of humor. There's some levity to it. It's not completely serious. Uh, it, so. it, it took me multiple viewings, but if you watch uh, Callie in that, what's amazing, like the first time, it's, it's just all about him. Because oh, we're all doing this. We're making the same noise the first time we watch it. But if you watch her, <laughs> it, it's it's not just that she turns her head to give him the, the really look, but you see her hand, like she's holding her hand up and it drops like <laughs> in, in partial disgust too. And she, <laughs> she just sort of like. Really, yeah, dude. Really, at the, the, the most inopportune thing at the most inopportune <laughs> time. This is uh, completely inappropriate, but sure, yeah. okay. But and, uh, and yeah. also, we know that Gary, you know, based upon his reactions to things in afterlife, was a fan of the Ghostbusters. He has to be yep. living his best life doing this, exactly. right? Um, and especially since you know seismology geology does not lend itself to no. the sexy life of hunting ghosts, and here he is, he gets to do it. No, unless you're David Duchovny in Evolution, like the yeah. sexiest geologist known to man. Um, but yeah, it, it's just like the, so. So two things are happening here. Number one, it, it's it's Ghostbusters, like that that looks and screams Ghostbusters. Um, uh, but it's it's also like it's leaving me wanting to know what's happening in that scene. What are the are because they're not looking at that shot of the big bad because that's like a, a silhouetted doorway or something that we're looking at. Um, that's the that's the fire hall. That seems to be connected to the bit where the doors blow oh. off, the spikes go ripping up the floor to the ecto, and they're crunched up against the oh, wall. Trying to I didn't even get make spiked. that. Yeah, you're right. So, so the shot of the ecto with the spikes—that might be the reverse of that, then. Yeah. Um. So, so this is in reaction to to something else too. But, it, yeah, it's just it's uh, just a fun. Tra- I do want one of the jackets. I yeah. I know that they're like fifteen hundred dollars, and I know that I live in Los Angeles and would only use it like one day out of the year when I go skiing. <laughs> but uh, it, well, applause to the I can't remember the name of the company now. The people that keep doing the rep. They, we talked about them last time in Peter's shirt. Oh, uh, the Magnolia Clothier Clothiers. <laughs> they Clothiers. jumped on board within thirty six hours. 
of the, the teaser coming out because everybody was so over the moon about those jackets and was so appalled by the fact that, again, it's Hollywood logic. In a movie, unless somebody says how much something costs, it's affordable. Yeah. <laughs> right? Which is why he looks great in that jacket. And they're like, that's a you know a $2,000 Italian suit. And you're like, oh, my God, Ooh. never mind. Uh, well, it's the same thing Winston here. Edmore's got deep pockets, right? He's got like, the deep pockets, sure. Coined the best his of the best. But the point is, is that, yeah, it, it's when people found out that they were, was it 1,800 pounds, 1,800 It doesn't matter. Either way, it's incredibly it's, expensive. Yeah. Uh, they came in and jumped in and said they will do, and they'll be close enough. They won't be quite as puffy because as they pointed out, not only are the originals hideously expensive, the originals do not have the little add-ons that the costumers right. added to it. And uh, uh, also, it's designed for, for well, you know what, the costumers maybe ripped it, the lining and all that part too, but it's meant to look like it's fighting off the cold. And if you buy a real one, it's intended to fight off the cold. So, you know, going to your, late, you know, your Wizard World or what have you or... Uh, way too hot so they're going Any to make convention. a replica i don't care if it's like <laughs> anchorage alaska in the middle of yeah. winter like any convention is way too hot to wear a down parka or whatever too uh, so they're going to do a yeah just just the red cloth and it'll it'll look fine everybody um i i like i i know that everybody's very excited about again i i am among those who is very excited about uh, uh, the parkas um right and I know that there's a rush to be first. And I know there's some people that like the day that the teaser came out, I saw on Instagram, they had already created their red jackets. GB <laughs> max. I don't know. That dude was like, he was all over it too. Um, yeah. but maybe wait, maybe, maybe there's like an, a, a, a feature or something on the jacket that you're not seeing in the, like two very brief fleeting shots that we have. There is, there is a feature in it that, uh, that isn't fully explained, nor do we fully see it. Um, the that's the light. light. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's like the little cool, like blue that, arc reactory light thing that's happening there. We don't know what that's that all a, about. Is that a sensor? Is it, is it, is it heat? Like a heat is, pack is it a thing? Like, it is like a, I mean, that, is that it, would make sense if everything is sub zero, uh, it's keeping the Ghostbusters from freezing to death or something. But is, it, is it one of those things that, you know, in Ghostbusters, they like to tie the, the literal to the figurative. So, you know, the. The, the literal Arctic jacket has the, you know, the figurative make-believe, you know, uh, uh, ghost cold repellent machine built into it sort of thing. It's like, a Venkman's ghost repeller that uh, yeah, yeah. Go. good old Pete Venkman's dad sold to him. Yeah. Uh, it, also, going back to that shot there, holy cow, the barrels on the throwers are... Uh, again, beefy in this movie. Yeah, we've we've got some different throw. Like there's there's variations on the throwers. There's like on Gruberson's, you kind of see a little yellow thing around the heat sink. Uh, like you said, the barrels have uh, a little something something going to them. So mm. uh, and again, everybody that's already altering their packs, good on you. I bet there's going to be way more reference if we just hold out from the. But I, I like I love the enthusiasm. I'm so excited that Look, everybody is excited about it. But you can be first and wrong or first and right. Which do you want to be? Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go, 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 go stoppers. I'm sorry. We'll do it again. We want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail on our calling line at four seven zero two four two four seven four two. That's four seven zero two G B H Q I C. We also have a Facebook page. You do? And Twitter accounts. Print is dead. No kidding. Just give me the address. 
Search Facebook for Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroads. On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger. I just want to get back close again. What the hell are you doing? If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That makes good sense. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professional. Once again, our call-in line is 4702-GBHQIC. That'll do it. Thanks very much, Ray. Ghostbusters Frozen Empire, the teaser trailer uh, that uh, has been uh, observed and and framed through more than the Zapruder film at this point, uh, <laughs> it, because it is so wonderful and 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 is such a, a, a great tease and and an amuse bouche, if you will, for the meal mm-hmm. that is to come. Uh, and uh, God, I'm I love it. Like I'm I'm so excited. I'm so excited that it's taking us in a direction that I don't quite understand and know. And, and that's what Afterlife did really well, too, where it's like, we're in Oklahoma, and there's farm country in this Somerville. I don't know what... Like, so, it, it if I don't know what I'm expecting going into the film, it makes for a totally different experience uh, for for uh, absorbing and, and enjoying a film. And that's, mm-hmm. what a, that's what a good film does. I feel like we're going to be able to watch this one a couple hundred times, the same way that we can watch Afterlife a couple hundred times. Oh, absolutely. That's perfect. Yeah. Um, all right, well, so... Uh, before I lose my voice, I sure. think we're going we're gonna to come to an end. But I do want to implore people, uh, hit the voicemail. Like, you you and I, Chris, just talked for uh, two hours about it. We got some voicemails that we played last week. Uh, we're going to put some more voicemails in this episode uh, that you heard at some point when I find a good, uh, solid break. Uh, and we'll... Maybe in the middle to break up this nonstop blah, chatter blah, you and blah, I did. Blah, blah, This guy, the nasally voice that you're in your car <laughs> going like, did you clear your throat? Sorry, my, my beer ran out like an hour ago, so I don't have my uh, my, my my beverage to help me out. But you're, you're, you're sipping medicine. Uh, yeah, good old grandpa's cough medicine is not there. Uh, so yeah, so we want to hear from you guys. We want to play those voicemails. Um, and then, like I said, uh, Chris, you and I will probably be back next week. Uh, yep. A rare occasion where we're going to have like three back-to-back-to-back episodes. We're spoiling you people. I know. That's what happens when something awesome happens. Right. We 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 set all this up. We said stuff as the movie gets moving. You know, we'll come back as much as the the, the drive is there to come back. Sort of yeah. Thing. And then when things quiet down after, you know, we'll go back to every once in a while. So what did I or miss? Yeah. Uh, the or the 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 disc comes out. We want to talk about the behind the scenes stuff or whatever. Right. Yeah. So so we're still. You can't get rid of us. No. We're the bad cold that I've got right now. It it can't shake us. <laughs> We're the pine beetles of nerddom. <laughs> that's I think that's one of our reviews on iTunes, uh, actually. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so we want to hear from you all, and uh, let's watch. I'm gonna watch the trailer again before I go to bed because it's there such a go. good trailer. Um, all right, everybody. So until you hear us next week, we'll see you all on the other side. Who you gonna call? It- Thanks for joining the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad. Visit us at ProtonCharging.com, GhostbustersHQ.net, and StillPlayingWithToys.net. They used to be one of my two favorite shows. Everything you're doing is bad. I just want to let you know that. Really found its voice in the 46th episode. Oh, oh, oh. Next week, though, Hairless Cats. We're so cool.